the first thing is that they care. They care deeply. And because of that, you give that type of effort. You know, they, they didn't want to go quietly, and that's what we've been talking about. We were going to leave it all out there here today. Um, of course, from the, from the coach side of it, now you look and say, like, well, there, that's the standard. Like, that's where we've been trying to get to. That is what's, what's required. So we can't have any let up in that regard. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, everybody played hard here today. It's another close game. It turns out that, you know, Willie and Mitch end up getting the goals for us, and, and that's huge. But, you know, no matter who ends up putting the puck over the line, it's we have to play our, a team game. Like, and I thought that we did that here today. Okay, so that's uh, Toronto Maple Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. So today there are no marshmallows, there are no sticks, there are no fires. There will be a Game 5, however, on Friday. And that was, as you just heard Sheldon Keefe mentioning, you know, that was probably the most complete game that I think we've seen out of the Maple Leafs all season long. Uh, The best game uh, we've seen the Maple Leafs play all season long. And then here becomes the question... If you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, how many more times do you have to do it to keep the Wolves at bay? I think it's a pretty tall order to say they need to do that three more times. That is very difficult, but if you're going to move on to the next round, that's exactly what you have to do. Can you do it one more time to force game six and take this thing back to sunrise? So there are no marshmallows today. There is no you know juicy storylines other than can they do it again? Uh, yesterday on Hockey Night in Canada, we uh, we didn't see marshmallows and sticks. We did see teacups and steak knives, which was a really nice touch, I thought, from Ron McLean to Elliot Friedman. Elliot's going to pop by here in a couple of moments. He's our regular A-block guest. Um, and it's a 2-1 to final score. Now, the score itself might not be... Um, you know, as wild as some may like, it might not be a you know a sexy score, but it was a really well played game, and it was a well played game specifically by the core four, um, as a we'd like to refer to them as. And it's William Melander who finds the back of the net. It's Mitch Marner who finds the back of the net. There's a power play goal. There's a five on five goal, and there's some great goaltending from Joseph Wall, who, as one person, a, a longtime goalie observer and goaltender himself. Um, mentioned to me yesterday for the longest time, he's been of the belief that Joseph Wall has been the best goaltender in the Maple Leafs organization. Are you starting to see that goaltender emerge with the Maple Leafs? Again, we don't have the runway. There's not the body of work to to judge it. But nonetheless, Joseph Wall has been excellent uh, in a relief capacity for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they stave off elimination. We'll see what happens on Friday. And in between them, there will be pl- and then there will be plenty of conversation here and elsewhere. I'm um, going to be joined in hour two by Gord Stalick. So more on the Maple Leafs Florida Panthers series coming up. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers. So going into the game last night, one of the questions was, and by the way, yes, Alex Petrangelo, if you missed the news, does have a hearing with the NHL Department of Player Safety for the CHOP on Leon Dreisaitl. The stick started at high noon and came down around Dreisaitl's uh, wrist. So look for something there. Um, but the question was, could the Edmonton Oilers play better than the Vegas Golden Knights five on five? You know, we talked a lot about, you know, candy and we talked about sugar rushes things that the Edmonton Oilers get on their power play it's like they crave that like they need their power play to really build their confidence their power play ends games and we know that from the Edmonton Oilers but if you're not getting power plays 
it's tough for the Edmonton Oilers. And can they survive five on five? And can they thrive five on five? And that's exactly what they did yesterday against the Vegas Golden Knights. A really tough out and a couple of uh, interesting spots in this one. Mentioned the Petrangelo slash on Leon Dreisaitl. The chop, there will be a hearing, as I mentioned. Darnell Nurse as well with the instigator. Finally, we see Nurse and Nick Haig go. And it was a doozy. You know, it was advantage Haig early. And then Darnell Nurse started to come back. There was no... uh, how do we like to say? There was no seat belting in this fight. This was not a, a huggy bear fight by any stretch of the imagination. These are two large men that stretched out um, and went for it. But Darnell Nurse with uh, the instigator penalty with less than five minutes remaining brings with it an automatic one-game suspension. Uh, we'll see if that gets rescinded. The other headline, and we'll get in more with uh, with Elliot on, on this one, the Philadelphia Flyers making headlines today announcing the hiring of Keith Jones as the president of hockey operations uh, for the organization and also removing as Listen, I think we all expected this from pretty much day one. Removing the interim tag from uh, from Daniel Breer's general manager position. Uh, Elliot comments on this one in a couple of moments, and Charlie O'Connor from The Athletic at the bottom of the hour as well. Uh, we'll talk to Shane Willis about the Carolina Hurricanes as they look to eliminate the New Jersey Devils and move on to the conference final later on this evening. So plenty up for grabs on the ice, off the ice, and with Mr. Steak Knives and Teacups himself, Elliot Friedman on the other side. Let's get going. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. We refer to him around here as Mr. A-Block, kicking off every program, although the, uh, the nickname now may be Teacups and Steak Knives. Ladies and gentlemen, I present Elliot Friedman. That was a great touch by Ron last night. It was. Like, you know he's, he's very creative. He's one of the most creative people I've uh, ever met. <laughs> and so initially I was surprised. I was like, what is this here? And uh, I, I, I thought it was really funny. I got, I got a great laugh. And people were sending me pictures and uh, Sportsnet put the... I thought the the people on the Twitter account did a really nice job with it, and I've made the steak knife one my profile. I did the teacup one first, it's great. but now I've got the steak yeah. knife one as my profile picture. I kind of like that. Uh, I think it looks great. But um, So last night was all about uh, teacups and steak knives at the intermission. Meanwhile, you know, we were wondering if the Maple Leafs would get swept yesterday, and today would be a day for marshmallows and sticks and yep. juicy rumors and pink paper and, and fox machines, etc. But, yeah, pitchforks at the castle gate send out the monster. You know, pitchforks and peasants send them out. Um, but, you know, as Sheldon Keefe mentioned after the game, you know, one of maybe the most complete games I think we've seen the Maple Leafs play all season long. What stood out to you about last night's 2-1 to one win by the Maple Leafs over the Florida Panthers, staving off elimination for each? Well, I, I think the big thing was that they committed to protecting Wall. And, uh, you know, I, I think, especially the interview at the end of the game with, with Kyle, you know, Wall seems like a, a really, really impressive guy. But... Um, you have to be committed to a goalie in front, especially one who's kind of being thrust into this situation. And I, I thought they were really committed to it. I thought they defended uh, really well. <laughs> I thought they really did a nice job of limiting the elite-level chances. <laughs> I actually felt you know, both teams did that, but it was obviously much more important in Toronto's mm-hmm. case. Um, that was the thing that stood out to me, is they made a real commitment to defending. And uh, they did it. You know, Jeff, I'm, uh, I'm uh, glad Jeff, you I'm mentioned call, Jeff, can you call me back in two minutes? Just one sec. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, you take your you take your you take your call. It's an interesting point. We'll we'll call you back in a couple years. So it's an interesting point about Joseph Wall as well. And you know, now that he's you know starting to to get a, a foothold here in net, I think Elliot was right. Everybody was going out of their way uh, to protect him last night. You know, maybe starting with with Austin Matthews, like certainly like someone like Luke Shen, that's going to be baked into the pie, protect the goaltender, protect the house. But you know, Austin Matthews blocking shots as well yesterday. And one of the things that I was reminded reminded about. Um, last night from from someone in the goaltending community was um, just how highly intelligent, like outside of the athlete that Joseph Wall is, and and he's exceptional. Um, you know, he's a really, really smart guy. And that goes back to, you know, when he was a kid, he was a straight-A student, student at this, you know, ultra-elite private school. Um, he was accepted to Harvard, decommitted sophomore, and ended up going to BC to pursue um, more of a uh, more of a hockey career, and try to make it in the NHL. Really good interview last night with the, with Kyle Bukowskis. Find that online um, if you didn't see it live last night. Really impressive guy, like impressive goaltender, um, and really impressive, uh, really impressive person. I think that's someone who you know. It, it's rare that your goaltender is your go-to interview after a game. Um, I don't think teams like making goalies available. Uh, well, certainly for things like like walk-offs in between uh, uh, in between periods and, and after games. I know they don't like to to make the goaltender too much center of attention or ask them to do um, more than their you know basic share of media because they are such tender little creatures. We don't want to upset them. Uh, I say that tongue in cheek, but he's one of the uh, one of the more highly intelligent and great personality. Uh, and you know, should he stay in the NHL here, he's going to become a go-to interview when you're going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we're going to get into the Edmonton situation here with Elliot in a couple of moments. Uh, Alex Petrangelo will have a hearing. I don't know. Like I'm so I'm so bad at these things. You know, throwing darts. It is a one gamer. Is it a two gamer? Then you look at the playoff multiplier, and you know, uh, does one game really equal two? Does two games equal four? Does three games equal six? Um, we'll see what Alex Petrangelo gets out of this one. But now that this series is the best two out of three, even if it's one game, that's enormous. And I know the entire Vegas Golden Knights defense has been really good. Um, and, you know, they play a very, very structured game under Bruce Cassidy. Um, Alex Petrangelo, I know we've talked a lot about Miro Haskinen in Dallas, and he's been phenomenal. Probably, you know, with all due respect to a lot of other defensemen who may have more points, Evan Bouchard, I'm looking your direction, Haskinen's probably been the, um, probably been the best defenseman in the playoffs. Alex Petrangelo has been fantastic. And I just got a note from someone on an NHL team saying, Elliot big-timing you here. Um, yes, as a matter of fact, he is right now. We're going to get Elliot back here in a couple of seconds. Um, so the Alex Petrangelo situation is uh, very much something, even if he's only sat down for one game, that is substantial. Now that that is the best two out of three, and we'll see about the Darnell Nurse situation and that instigator penalty, whether that gets rescinded as well. And then, you know, the other story... That I mentioned off the top that we'll get into Elliot about a little bit is uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. And the Flyers have been a story all season long. Like, I know that whether it's, uh, whether it's been this radio show or whether it was the 32 Thoughts podcast, a lot of it, I know, really revolved around the Philadelphia Flyers this year. 
It almost became, well, at, at times the podcast was kind of a Vancouver Canucks podcast to kick off the season, but that's just because there was flat out so much goofiness going on around the Vancouver Canucks. And then I kind of morphed into a Flyers podcast and, you know, this radio show took off with it as well. Um, so the story, well, I shouldn't say the story, but one of the stories ends as Keith Jones is named president of hockey operations and Daniel Breer has the interim tag removed from his general manager position. We are back with Frege. Anything from your phone call? That you'd like to share, or is that uh, this all? Uh, is this still still secret? No, actually, I have to tell you, it, it wasn't actually a phone call. Um, there was somebody running uh, in our neighborhood. I'm out for a walk, and they didn't look good. So I was just making sure they were okay, oh. and and they are. And as I told them after they they got going again, uh, I said, um, this this should teach you a lesson never exercise so i just wanted to make sure that uh, i just wanted to make sure wow it literally it literally happened right in front of me so i just wanted to make sure that person was okay wow that's a great psa by you um don't <laughs> exercise stop being healthy and you'll never be in trouble everything will be fine that's uh that's uh, that's an interesting way to live your life elliot friedman well it's just you know what it is jeff it's like you're trying to make sure the person's okay and you're like Okay, make a joke and see if like it like uh, it works. So <laughs> see if they're kind of uh, so like anyway. Anyway, yeah. and uh, crisis Just goes averted. Everything exercise seems, will get you. Yeah, crisis Good. averted. Everything seems fine. Just wanted to make sure. Good. Um, picking up the conversation about Joseph Wall there really quickly. I mean, you made the point, I think, rightfully yeah. so, that everybody, and maybe this begins with Austin Matthews with all the block shots, really going out of their way to protect the hive, Elliot, protect the hive. Yeah, I thought that was like, like this wall, he's a talented kid. And, um, you know, I, I think that the Maple Leafs, there's a lot of debate to remember at the deadline. They go get another goalie because of all the health situations. <laughs> and they really felt strongly that wall, who, by the way, is now extended at a very reasonable number, um, is was good enough to handle it if they absolutely needed him. And, you know, I thought he was good in game four or game three. I didn't really think that was a lot of that was his fault. I thought the goals that he got beaten by were impressive goals. And obviously yesterday he was really good and they did a good job of protecting him. And, you know, like uh, they got to do it again. It's that simple. You know, you did it once. Now you got to do it twice. Just got to, you got to get into position to put yourself. It's an old coaching term I hear. Get yourself in position to put yourself in position. And that's what Toronto's got to do here again on Friday night. You know, so I uh, just just to, to to close the story on you uh, saving a life there, Elliot. Uh, you left, I got a note from someone on an NHL team saying essentially, "Oh, Elliot's big timing you," and then he just came back yeah. after hearing your story saying, "Okay, he's big time, but also a man of the people." So there you go, Elliot. From I, I don't know, my about, I don't know about NHL that. team. <laughs> Look, like, uh, I, think, okay. I think anybody so, who was in my shoes would have done the same. <laughs> Man of the people, Elliot Friedman. Teacups and steak knives. Here he is, Elliot Friedman. Um, so is there anything, because, listen, I don't want to put too much of a damper on this for Maple Leafs fans because the sun came up in Toronto today and they're happy their team isn't eliminated. But the doomsday scenario is still there. Like, the doomsday scenario is, you know, exiting in five in front of, in front of your fans and in front of your decision makers. Um, I've thought about I've thought about this a lot, and maybe it is maybe the answer is it has to go seven. But you know, what is a reasonable 
length that this series has to go to keep the Wolves at bay? Does it have to go seven? Do they have to win this series? Do you have an idea of what has to happen so, you know, the other thing that we've been talking about for the past few days doesn't happen? Oh, um, I think that's I think that's such a hard question to answer, Jeff. I, I really do. Like I know. I know you asked me this. You asked me this the other day, and I I still don't have a good answer. Like I have to tell you, like kind of further this conversation. Like I, there were a number of texts and calls this morning about, okay, like how does everybody feel today? And I think everybody feels a little bit better, but they know that this is, you know, this is far from mission accomplished. So I think if it ends in five, I, I don't think much changes. But you know, if they, all of a sudden they push it to six and maybe seven, like you know, we'll see. I think I, I think that question is going to be impossible to answer until we see see how this series ends. I I really do. All right, we'll uh we'll park that one. Uh Edmonton solved their five on five issues against the Vegas Golden yep. Knights. Uh, a couple of sidebars here. There is the uh, the Darnell Nurse instigator uh with under five remaining in the third period. Also Alex Petrangelo with a hearing uh for his chop which started the stick started at high noon and came straight down on Leon Dreisaitl. And now that that's the best two out of three, even a one-game suspension is substantial here. Uh, Edmonton 5-on-5, Alex Petrangelo, Darnell Nurse, it's a buffet. Grab a plate, your choice first. Well, I I think the biggest one is the Petrangelo uh, suspension. And I I know, or potential of it, I know yesterday uh, people thought that, that I saw some people saying they won't suspend him. I I didn't think that was an option. The more I, I thought... You know, I had to go on with Ken and Vonk after the game, and the, the, the notes I was getting was there's a lot to think about here, and some people, were, some other managers were saying that they thought that if you don't rescind the nurse uh, penalty, then you can just say, okay, both of you are without a defenseman for game five. It, it kind of evens it out. But I think, you know, I really felt strongly as the night progressed, and I slept on it, and I think most people did too, is you can't, like... As angry as Petrangelo is with what's happening to him in this series, it's, it's very clear he's an Edmonton target. You yeah. can't allow that to go. You just can't. And I think we're all very lucky that Dreisaitl wasn't seriously injured. Like, we all are. It, w- it would be you know, a terrible for the sport. So I think Petrangelo, and now he's getting a hearing. And Jeff, as you know, it is extremely rare that someone gets a hearing and doesn't get suspended. So he's getting something. Now, I, I, the, the yeah. easy thing to do, and like I said, a lot of people felt that it was it's, it, it is an easy thing to do, is to suspend both of them. Like, I, I tweeted out a link today. Alex Burroughs got an instigator late in the playoff game in 2015 yeah. against the Flames, and when they saw it the next day, they rescinded it. And, you know, I, I don't know about this one. I, I could see them saying, look, you're both out. I, it's such a huge thing to do, and I don't know if they're going to want to do it, but I look at that and I think if Nurse gets one, Petrangelo probably should get two. I just don't know that I see it. Oh, that is, and again, you can't look at the player. You have to look at the incident, but that is just crushing. You know, I was, make, I was well, making the, the point thing, when you were the other off thing playing too is. One, one at this point, like basically, if you use the multiplier, 
like one at one this point. Actually, you know, Berkey always used to say that he used to go up by round, right? Like, and I don't know if the yeah. rules are still the same. You know, Berkey's not in charge anymore. But he would say, like, the first round is two and the second round is three. So under Berkey law, one is three, right? And, uh, and you know, like, I don't know, like, two, two would, like, two would be, like, it's massive. I just, I don't know, like, the other thing, too, is Drysdale doesn't get hurt here. And as you know, first of all, Petrangelo's got no history, and Petran- yeah. and Drysdale doesn't get hurt. So, I like, that is in Petrangelo's favor. I I, can, I understand looking at this and saying, that, that, like, if Nurse and, and if Nurse and Petrangelo both get sat out, I can understand why Edmonton would say those acts are not the same. And I think that's... Yeah. That's the challenge that BOBS has here. We'll stand by to uh, to see about this one. Um, Nurse with the uh, the scrap with Haig and Alex Petrangelo with the chop on Leon Drysaddle. Uh, quick thought on Edmonton five on five. Uh, I mean Bukestad, Ekholm, and then man, did the did the corks come out of a champagne bottle when Ryan Nugent Hopkins scored last night or what? Oh yeah, you can t- like, you can always tell you can always tell when. Uh, teams are popular now, right? I mean, you can see how yeah. popular Newton Hopkins is by the reaction that it does. First of all, his reaction, I mean, it, was a, it was a gorilla off his back. And, you know, then you take a look at the reaction of McDavid and the other players. Like, they, they know how much that means to him, and they know much how much better off they are with, you know, with, with him scoring. Like, to me, the biggest question about this series, Jeff, is are we going to get a game where both teams show up at the same time? Hmm. Hasn't been that way yet. No, it certainly has not. Um, I want to make sure we park some time here to talk about the other big news of the day. And uh, we've been talking about this for a while. Over the weekend, you wondered if this was coming to a conclusion um, sooner than later, namely this week, and the answer was a resounding yes. Uh, Keith Jones is now the president of hockey operations for the Philadelphia Flyers. Daniel Briere has the interim tag removed from his GM business card, as we all expected, uh, about five minutes after he was named the interim general manager. Your thoughts on uh, your thoughts on these moves before we drill down on what this means for Philadelphia? Well, you know, I, I think like, they did a really good job of keeping Jones' name quiet. There's there's no doubt about that. Like there were names leaking out. There was some stuff we heard. And then you'll remember last week, I think I can't remember which podcast I said on, but somebody warned me. They said, look, like there's names out there that you're not aware of. And, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, we put out in the pod yesterday morning that it was possible Jones was one of them and things kind of built up throughout the day. It sounds to me like they kind of they settled on Jones last week and they had to see if they could get the contract done. Like he also moved out of um, – Philadelphia. I think he moved to Florida with his uh, uh, with his family, and now obviously he's going to have to go back. And I think you have to work on mm-hmm. all those things. And I'm sure there were people that Jones wanted to let know too. So, um, you know, I, I think this. I, I think if if you read it today, it's pretty clear that there's two stories here. There's the new setup of the there's Keith Jones as president of hockey operations, and there is that the Philadelphia Flyers are all in on Daniel Briere as a general manager. 
Like he, yeah. if you look at the release, and this is what we heard, he is making the calls. Like I'm aware of one person who they interviewed, and that person was like, I want to make the decisions, or I'd like a lot of standard decisions. And they were like, nope. Like Daniel Briere, I mean, you'll consult with them and you'll be part of the process, but he's making the calls. And, and that person didn't want right. that. And I think it was made very clear that if you weren't willing to accept that structure, then you weren't going to be there. And, you know, I think the thing about Jones is this. I, I think, number one, he's going to handle a lot. First of all, he's going to be there to give opinions. Like Keith Jones... He knows the sport. Oh, yeah. He knows hockey. You know, one of the things that being a broadcaster allows you to do if you want is, especially someone who works national games like he does, you can people will talk to you. You can hear things. You can figure out things. Like, he's a collector of information, and he's, he's very good at that. Yes. So that's number one. The other thing, too, Jeff, I really believe is there's all this talk about, oh, going back to the Flyers and going back to the Flyers. I think... Sometimes we forget Twitter is not the real world. And I do believe if you look, Jeff, and at some of the things that have happened over the past years, like a couple of years ago when they forgot to recognize, I don't remember if it was the anniversary of his, of his birth or his passing, um, and the Flyers fans were furious. And the alumni felt that they weren't being treated properly. And that resonated in the city. And Comcast, to their credit, they recognized that, and they said, okay, we better fix that. And I think it was a reminder that you cannot, in this market, no matter how many people might bitch about it, you ultimately cannot forget the legacy of the Flyers, that it's still important. Now, what they're going to do here, clearly, is they're going to try a new generation, a different approach, and... But I think what that organization has learned in the, in the market is maybe people joke that they're not the past flyers anymore, but the connection is still very meaningful to a lot of fans. And I think, mm-hmm. and I think they learned that that was important to them, and that was, that was, that was very meaningful to them. What 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 I find in these scenarios, Elliot, it's interesting because it's almost a it's it's a no win situation because Twitter as it's structured, um, and we see this play itself out with sports all the time. The way it is structured is for essentially you know dogs to bark at each other um, while there's a fence in between them. Um, because in a situation like this, the first thing you know, Keith Jones gets named and Daniel Briere has the interim tag removed, and the first notes that I see are, there's no experience here. There's no experience here. There's no experience here. These are all rookies. What are the Flyers doing? And then the flip side of that coin is, if they go with more experienced hands in the positions, the question becomes, well, why are they going to these retreads? Why is it always the same names over and over and over again? And these debates get framed just like that. And then people dig in their heels and they bark and they bark and they bark. It's either, you know, there's a lack of experience. It's not going to work. Or um, what's with all these old dogs? Time for some fresh voices. It's a no-win situation. And Twitter just makes it worse. I'll be honest. Twitter just makes it worse, Elliot. Nobody's mind is getting changed anymore. You have your side and you stay with your side. And, And I... 
I get that. I, I, I really do. I would also think that Jones is there on some level. Um, like, you know, Tortorella and Briere, they're both opinionated guys. One's a bit louder than the other, but they both believe in what they do. And I'm sure Jones is there to, to deal with that too. Like just challenge them, say, and as you know, Jones, he won't be afraid. He'll challenge their opinions. He'll say, well, what about this? Or what do you think of this? And I'm, you know, the press conference is tomorrow. I'm curious to see, is yeah. it a priority of theirs to add someone else who's been around a bit longer? I don't know. We'll find this all out tomorrow. Yeah. Well, we'll see. The The one thing that I noticed right away, I was thinking about this after I saw the press release this morning is, and I know that he's not everyone's cup of tea, but John Tortorella is very much a media presence and yeah. very much a communicator. Again, people may not like it, but there's no denying that John Tortorella is a communicator, as is Daniel Briere, as is Keith Jones. And one of the things that we, you know, we, we, we talked about with this, this new era of Philadelphia Flyers is, a lot more transparency and a lot more communication. I know there's only so far you can go with the transparency, but I think that this is a fly. Like I look at these decisions, Elliot, and you mentioned like, look, Keith Jones is an, as a natural, uh, a national broadcaster. This one makes all the sense in the world. If you're going to be more, make yourself more publicly accountable on an ongoing basis and communicate more to your season ticket holders, your fans, your sponsors, etc. These are some pretty good voices here, Elliot. Like this, 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 like none of these people have the reputation of hiding in their office and not being seen for weeks on end. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite for each. Yes, yeah, 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 yes, it is. I think that's Jeff. I think that's very well said. I think that's that's very well done. That's what they're doing. Okay, um, great stuff. Enjoy your walk now that you, your uh, humanitarian mission of the day has been done. Um, I'm sorry, yourself, I know it. that you're doing. Good yeah. in the world. <laughs> I think it's good, Elliot. And I'm I'm guessing Ron may mention something tonight. We'll sit. No, actually, I'm, t- I'm um, actually a bit. Jeff, big bonus for the listeners. Yeah. I am and the viewers. I am not working tonight. I am. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Oh, okay. A, a well-deserved break. So we'll see what happens. New Jersey facing off against Carolina. Uh, looking for potentially an end there, and the Dallas Stars and Seattle Kraken. You will be able to watch from the comfort of your home. Uh, that comfort will be interrupted after the Kraken Stars game uh, when we start podcasting yes. around one thirty in the morning. So I will hear your voice then, Fried. You be good. All right, Jeff. Have a great afternoon. There he is, Elliot Friedman from Thirty Two Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, we'll hit a break here. Um, the Flyers' news is Keith Jones is president of Hockey Operations. Uh, whom you've heard and seen. Uh, You've heard him on this program plenty of times. Um, Press conferences tomorrow. We're trying to get either Jones or Briere on the show tomorrow, I believe, um, after the press conference, so stand by for that. Meanwhile, sticking with the Philadelphia story, and we'll get back on the Leafs page, and we'll get on the Carolina page coming up a little bit later on with Gord Stellick and Shane Willis. Uh, Charlie O'Connor from The Athletic covering the Philadelphia Flyers. What does this mean next for Philly? I mean, some big decisions on the horizon, uh, draft decisions, certainly contract decisions, and then free agent decisions come July 1st. Which way is the wind blowing in Philly? Charlie O'Connor on that. In moments as the Merrick Show continues across the Sportsnet Radio Network, simulcast on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet Now. Back in a moment.